Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. An isolated mystery. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Bouvet is nothing to write home about. It has no trees or landing spots or much of anything. It's a tiny volcanic island a few square miles wide under several hundred feet of glacier. Its nearest neighbor, Antarctica, more than a thousand miles away. In fact, no other point of land is quite as isolated as Bouvet. You can draw a circle with a thousand mile radius and not hit any neighboring land masses. It's so remote and small but its mysterious legacy is so, so, so much bigger than the island itself. Today, we're talking about the mystery of the Bouvet Island lifeboat. Bouvet Island was first discovered on January 1st, 1739, by its namesake, French polar explorer Jean-Baptiste Bouvet de Lozier. He found it and kind of sailed away. The place remained lost again for another 69 years because Bouvet had recorded its location incorrectly. Captain Cook tried to find it, but didn't, and it really only turned up again in 1808, with much controversy as to if it was Bouvet Island at all. Nautical charts became standardized in 1898 when it was definitely relocated by Captain Craig of the German survey ship Valdivia. The Germans were first to explore the island from afar. Bouvet had believed that it was simply the northern Cape of Australia. They reported it was no more than five miles long by three miles wide with a 1,600 feet cliff. But the worst part about this hot vacation spot was the water around it. Heavy seas, soaring cliffs, and the absence of any coves or inlets made it too dangerous to approach Bouvet Island by boat in even the calmest of weather. In 1927, someone actually stepped on the island, Norwegian explorers from a survey ship called the Norvegia, led by Harold Hornfeldt. They hung out on the island's volcano and took possession of the island in the name of the king. Reem named it Butveoya. I probably said that wrong, which just means Buve Island in Norwegian. The Norwegians returned in 1929, and again a few years later, when it was discovered that both their supply huts had been destroyed by the horrific local weather. But after that, Bouvet was left alone until 1955, when the South African government thought about putting a weather station there. On January 30th, they sent a ship to scope it out. This is where it gets weird. The South Africans sailed right around the island without finding any sign of the sort of large flat spot where a weather station might be built. But three years later, when the American icebreaker Westwind hit up the island in 1958, it discovered that a small volcanic eruption had apparently taken place since 1955 and created a low-lying lava plateau, which means the island got bigger thanks to some volcanic activity. Fast forward to Easter Sunday, 1964. 
the South Africans, who had finally got around to dispatching an expedition to take a look at the island's new addition, sent two ships to explore, the RSA and the HMS Protector. The expedition waited for three days for the wind to die down. When it did, Lieutenant Commander Alan Crawford, a British-born veteran, landed and saw that there, wallowing in a small lagoon, hanging out with a bunch of seals, an abandoned boat, half-swamped but still usable. Says Crawford in his book, What drama, we wondered, was attached to this strange discovery. There was no markings to identify its origin or nationality. On the rocks a hundred yards away was a 44-gallon drum and a pair of oars, with pieces of wood and a copper flotation or buoyancy tank opened out flat for some purpose. Thinking castaways might have landed, we made a brief search but found no human remains. The boat, Crawford described as a whaler or ship's lifeboat, must have come from a bigger ship, but there was no trade route within a thousand miles of Bouvet. Not another place for a thousand miles. It was a tiny 20-foot boat with oars, well-preserved-ish, just hanging out in the lagoon. 45 minutes later, that's it, the crew had to head out. They were being attacked by the cold winds and a bunch of angry male sea elephants. There was no time to explore or look for further signs of life, anything else they had to go. After this, there is no further mention of the mysterious boat. The Bouvet was visited again two years later in 1966 by a biological survey team whose members were there to study the lagoon. This group established that it was a shallow lagoon, thick with algae, alkaline thanks to seal shit, and fed by meltwater from the surrounding cliffs. But they did not mention any lifeboat. They were meticulous researchers, talking about the algae and the different chemical components of the water, all of these detailed, but they did not mention the ship at all. No one, in short, seems to care about the ship, its existence or not, after that. Nobody asked how the boat came to be there, no one searched for any members of its crew, and no one attempted to explain what Crawford had seen that day. Still, this mystery seems to take an online life all its own. With so little information, lots of Reddit boards and sea people, sailors, call it their favorite mystery. So simple, but also pretty dark if you let yourself go there. Pretty much all we have to go on are a few lines from Crawford's journal, the history of the island, and possible behaviors of shipwrecked sailors. Here's what we do know. The boat must have arrived on Bouvet at some point in the nine years between January 1955, when the volcanic addition did not exist, and April 1964, when it did. The protector's crew saw no sign of any camp or shelter, fire, or food. Third, the presence of a heavy boat in a lagoon located at least 30 yards from the shore suggests either that it reached the island with a full crew, enough to haul it over some pretty shitty terrain, or that it was put there by a smaller group who didn't plan to leave the island for some time. Everything else is up for debate. But not this break. It looks like summer might be almost normal. And with that, people will be getting out for long overdue vacations. For me, I'm looking forward to getting back into an actual movie theater. And as usual, playing best fiends like crazy. It's that little summer refreshment and my perfect go-to when I need a break from researching true crime and the paranormal. Best Fiends is the perfect travel companion or that much-needed break. You can take Best Fiends with you everywhere. Collect more of your favorite cute characters while you're waiting for that movie to start. Or soak up a little more sun as you try to defeat just one more challenging level. I'm at level 650, and Best Fiends has over 5,000 levels. So the fun is endless. Every time you play... There's always something new to experience. Make the most of your summer downtime and spend some time with your favorite fiends. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store and Google Play for free today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. This is the check-in. Check-in time. This is it. I've checked in for the check-in. This is the one and only time you can check in with yourself. yourself. (laughs) Kick back. Yeah, put your feet up. Or down, because your feet are always up, put them down. Mm -hmm. You know, just... uh, Grab a beverage. Yeah, or if you have a beverage, put it away. (laughs) Please, please do. It's distracting. We want to say hello to everyone that's listening, to all of our patrons. Thank you for listening and being a patron. We appreciate it. Say thank you. Polite, you know. Thanks a lot. I was on a date once (laughs) when I was dating, and (laughs) we were at, I don't know, like a bar, and... The bartender gave me the thing, and I said, please and thank you. That's it. It wasn't bigger than that. And the girl I was on a date with, she said, you're a phony. And I was <laughs> like, I just said, please and thank you, and I just met you. What? Yeah. Wow. I thought she was going to be, like, fall in love with you because, you know, notoriously impolite people date in L.A. Oh, no. I'm I'm polite first and credit score second. Great, great, great. Yeah. Slow erosion of people's faith in you. I understand. Uh, speaking of high credit scores, I assume, mm-hmm. I want to say hello to our government. Oh, hello. Our mayors. That's right. James Harrington. Hello. Dara Rosenzweig. Hello. Joshua Lambert. Hello. Ashley Roosevelt Matson. Hello, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a cool middle name. <laughs> I'm giving out middle names sure, from now I on. Guess. Just hand them out. Yeah, do it. And to our governor. Mm-hmm. Govan End and Governor. Governess. Avian Noble. That was pretty good. We did it. Yeah. We we said it we said a name together. Wow. Instead of me just zoning out while you do the names. I just got done doing some YouTube videos. I guess Ooh. they call them doing some YouTube videos. Yeah. And kind of revisited the Megan Wants a Millionaire Hell yeah. episode and the recent Robert Pastorelli episode. Amazing. The, the couple of a couple of Hollywood tragedies. So I did them, revisit them, got mad, found some new stuff, mm. found some upsetting stuff. Okay, especially about Ryan Jenkins mm. and that uh, Megan wants a millionaire. You know the VH1 show when he yeah. killed about like how his the, what his father said like oh in his God. like in his defense. It was it's. Oh my god! It's it's maddening. And then I found a video by CBS News because I was looking for something to be like, hey, let me see some have mm-hmm. somebody say something positive about Jasmine Fiore. And I found a YouTube video from CBS News, and it's Jasmine Fiore sexy video. 
a few days after she died, uploaded on CBS News. Wow. It's disgusting. I mean, uh, listen, I understand clicks and I understand you're a business. Trust me, no one knows that more than somebody who's into marketing and getting things out. But like, and I understand you want, it's like a TMZ-ish thing where people are going to be curious. You don't have to title it that. Mm-mm. You don't have to put the video up, but you definitely don't have to title it that. And it didn't even get that many views. And it's still up there from 2009. I mean, days after wow. he committed suicide and and not long after she died. Just so you can see her like in like home movies, Ugh. like in a bikini of oh. them hanging out. It's I was like, looking back on it, I was like, this is, I could not believe it was CBS and not just, you know, somebody putting together a compilation to be opportunistic, whatever. I don't hold you to any, any standard, but CBS, some. Wow. Yeah. You think some real journalists work there um, and they would know better. But you can find those videos. They should be up now at youtube.com slash Jason Horton or find a link in the description. Found a couple of reviews hmm. on Podchaser. Podchaser. We chased down those reviews on Podchaser. This podcast is a lot of fun. Five stars. What? I disagree. The hosts have great banter, make me laugh out loud. They do their research and don't just read off Wikipedia page, which I appreciate. <laughs> Sometimes I want to, <laughs> but I refuse. I want to too, but so bad. We're better than that. We're not, you know, we're better than CBS. CBS. We're better than CBS. We're not better than CBD. That's true. <laughs> or CBGBs. And that is from Vanessa Hennessy. Hmm. A lot of S's and N's in her name. That's right. I like this podcast. Four stars. It's usually really interesting. Great for anyone who likes spooky, ghosts, paranormal, the highly unusual. I usually like the banter, but occasionally it takes away from the show. And that's from MG. Hmm. And by occasionally, you mean always? All, always, all yeah. All the time? But on that note, you can find bonus episodes, <laughs> ad-free early episodes with oh. none of this chit-chat. Patreon.com slash ghosttownpod. Wow. Okay, let's get back to boats. So there are some theories as to... What this boat on Bouvet Island was, and really what happened to it. So, theory one a lifeboat from a shipwreck. It would explain some of the things that Crawford noted. The boat was in the lagoon because the men who had no way of tying it up securely on shore put it in there, and they didn't know if they would need it again. And why a small pile of equipment, some broken down, some not, was close by. No idea why Crawford's copper flotation or buoyancy tank had been, again, opened out flat, but. People do things in desperate times. But if that's the case, then where are the people or the bodies or evidence that they were trying to survive on the island? Maybe they died somewhere else on the island, but Bouvet's ice cliffs are so high and really avalanche prone, so that would be incredibly dangerous and very stupid. On top of that, the most obvious sources of food, the seals and sea elephants, congregate where the boat was found. But also, the men, if they would have hunted these things, there'd be Bones there. There'd be something else. Let's make it a little bit more broad. Theory two. The boat never existed. Why would any group of shipwrecked people even come to this island? It's hard to find it in the best of circumstances. It also lies so far off the normal trade routes and is so barren. What would bring a ship here at all? If they were trying to find the island, why wouldn't they have more stuff? Navigation equipment? Food? What sort of castaways make it to shore with just a barrel of water and some other shit and a couple of oars? Also, why was the boat floating in the lagoon? It was the only readily available source of shelter that they had on the island, where, even in summer, the temperature is at, like, zero degrees. 
Stranded people with boats in these conditions turn them over to create shelter, not put them in a lagoon. Insane. So insane that maybe the boat was a complete hoax. After the crew of the original survey team got back, it was only Crawford who really pushed the boat, crazy about the boat, wanted to get information out about the boat. Other than him, most of the crew didn't share an obsession with it, a fascination with it. They didn't even write about it. Maybe he wanted some more credibility. Maybe he wanted to be, you know, a famous explorer. This was still kind of the time for that. This theory would explain why the boat was never found two years later, as well as everything else, as there would be no need to prove that a boat ever went to the island. Based on some Reddit sources, many people think the key to this mystery is ethnocentrism. A Soviet research vessel landed on the island outside of the Western recordings of ships encountering the island, and no Europeans took that truth into account. A Soviet scientist named G.A. Solyanik wrote an article called Some Bird Observations on Bouvet Island in 1958. In those days, the Soviet Union sent a whaling fleet to the Antarctic waters every year. The factory ship Slava was a flagship and several smaller vessels, the whale catchers, mostly called Slava 1, Slava 2, etc., accompanied the ship. One of them explored Bouvet Island in 1958. It was the whale catcher or research vessel Slava 9, which got into trouble and maybe had a helicopter come to rescue the researchers. Again, hard to know if that's the case too, but seems pretty plausible why they didn't you know, maybe they eventually they came back and took their ship, why the boat wasn't marked, or maybe the omission of the boat's markings didn't make it to Crawford's account. Whatever the theory, a vanishing boat gives this shitty little island a pretty crazy life beyond its volcanic shore. It's hard not to get obsessed about a remote island mm-hmm. that you can't or you're not supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. And the instinct is, well, it's there. Mm-hmm. So... I don't want to be told that I can't or there's no reason to. And I think there's just like, that's, I don't know, some kind of like instinct that people have where they're just like, well, don't tell me I can't or don't mm-hmm. tell me, you know, n- nobody really goes there. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go there. Yeah. And I was recently kind of obsessed with extreme travel. People mm. that like spend a lot of money to go to places that like, yeah, you absolutely. should not go here. It's not meant for human existence. This is one of those places. And there's just like this fascination where I don't even want to go there, but I want to see what it's like there. Mm-hmm. This idea of like not just leaving it alone. No. Let it just be what it is. I mean, can it just exist without? <laughs> no, it can't. It cannot and it won't. It's kind of like like – like scuba diving though it's like humans aren't made to go into the pressured underseas like our bodies aren't made that we didn't evolve to do those things yet we want to like risk our lives to see things that like we touch and destroy which this is an example this is really it's a glacier it's a volcanic slab that has some mystery around it that we want to obsess over because the people have obsessed over it that you know we're not really obsessing about the island itself we're obsessing over the human history of the island which is somewhat mysterious. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.